Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Monday, September the 4th, 2023. It is currently 4.01 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, it was a a pretty good Sunday. I I think we did a pretty good job. We started off a brand new series. We kicked off a new series on dispensationalism. We did a little bit of church history. We kind of looked at the history of English Bibles, really kind of study Bibles. Uh, We talked about theological systems. We talked about the church, authority, the Bible. Uh, I I think we did—and we started working our way through the Schofield Study Bible— laying a foundation for, well, his whole system of dispensationalism. And I think we, I mean, we spent three hours on the subject. So I I would really challenge you to go back and listen to those on any of your uh, pod, any of the podcasting platforms, you can find them. It'll be dispensationalism, dispensationalism, dispensationalism. I think the first one is called preview. The next one is part one, then part two, part three. Those are all the ones from Sunday. We'll be doing some other broadcast in that series. If you're using the Church One app or if you're using the Sermons 2.0 app uh, on the Church One app, well, just look for the series Dispensationalism 101. Very simple. On the uh, that's on the Church One app. On the Sermons 2.0 app, if you do a, a search for Theology Central, you should find us. Then you can click on series, and you'll see the series Dispensationalism 101. Listen, download, stream, share, talk, <laughs> disagree, whatever. I, I I kept making the joke yesterday during uh, the preaching that th- this is, and I think even after church and maybe even before church. I was making a joke that yeah, I'm going to take off everyone. Those who are dispensationalists are going to get mad at me. Those who are not dispensationalists are going to get mad at me. But that's because I'm trying to make a point about systems. I'm trying to make a much, I'm trying to make a, a broader point and hope I, I, some people will get what I'm trying to do. Some people will not, but I'm trying to make a, I think I repeated myself like a million times. I'm trying to make a point about theological systems and and the dangers of those systems and how people are so committed to the system and how how it really keeps us from actually studying the bible so go listen please email me your thoughts newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. I have received a number of emails of people reading, uh, you know, trying to get more information about Schofield himself. Uh, I've had a suggestion about a book and, and a lot of people are doing a lot of extra work on Schofield himself, which I find interesting because I didn't really think there was much of a need to do a lot of biographical work on him. And then, uh, you know, Go figure. What I don't cover is like, that's what everyone is is running to. But that's awesome. That's awesome. Maybe we'll do a little bit of work for me. I just wanted to get, I'm more focused on the system, but hey, the biographical information can be very important. So by all means, dig in and look at it and see what you find. And you can let me know. Some of you found some very interesting things, but yes, definitely. Someone uh, sent me a link to a book um, and uh, they sent me a PDF. We're going to see how we can how we can utilize that. We don't want to violate any uh, copyright laws, but um, yeah, but it looks like the original publisher doesn't even exist anymore. So I, I guess there's still a copyright, but I, I mean, 
the publishers gone. So I don't know. So we'll, we'll look into that and see what we can do um, and uh, see what we what resources we can point you to. But that was yesterday. Yesterday was all about dispensationalism. Today, I'm going to start with a little challenge. Today, if you have friends on social media who claim to be Christians, if you've got family members who claim to be Christians, if you are really good friends with people who go to your church, this would be the day or the next time you're at church, the next time you're around Christians, take a little clipboard. I always tell you guys to do this. You guys, if you do it, you never let me know. But I'm always challenging you. I think you guys are afraid to ask people questions because I don't know. You don't want to get into a conversation. I think, I think you're, I think, I, th- I think you guys are scared is what I think it is. I think you, I think you're all scared. Come on. Be brave and go ask some questions. All right. Here's what I want you to do. Go ask people. Hey, do you believe in the Trinity? Most likely, unless you go to a very explicitly non-Trinitarian church, all your Christian friends are going to be like, absolutely, I worship the triune God. Yes. And they're, and they're, they're going to probably tell you and give you an allowed affirmative that they believe in the Trinity. Then ask them, define the doctrine of the Trinity. Define it. I will argue. Probably more than half, if not all the way up to 90%, will not give you an accurate definition of the doctrine of the Trinity. They will give you what is known as modalism. They will not define the Trinity anywhere correctly. They will define it modalism or what's known as Sabellianism. Those are ancient heresies. That is not Trinitarianism. Modalism and Sabellianism is not Trinitarianism. In fact, it is a, it's a heresy. It's, it's a wrong understanding. I'll never forget. I had only been a pastor. I, maybe a couple of weeks. I don't even know. It wasn't very long. And I thought, Oh, I know what I'll do. We'll do something on the Trinity. Right. And I, and I, and I think I, I had like in mind maybe to do something, but I, I just, I, I stood before the, the congregation. I'm a brand, my first time ever being a pastor. I've only been a, you know, pre, a pastor now for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, okay, guys, give me the definition of the Trinity. And everyone in the church started boom, 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 boom. And I was like, I remember getting in the car going, I'm a pastor of a church where no one in the entire congregation has a correct understanding of the Trinity because they all gave me modalism. They all gave me Sabellianism. I'm like, how is this humanly possible? And I think I remember even either the next week or the week after Wait, wait, where did you guys learn about the Trinity? And they're like, oh, this Baptist church or this Baptist church or this. And I'm like, no, you didn't learn about the Trinity. You, 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 I don't know what that is, but it's not Trinitarianism. Yeah, I, I don't understand. You should, you should stop claiming to believe in the Trinity if you're going to give a definition that denies the very doctrine. Isn't that insane? Hey, give me a definition. Do you believe in the Trinity? Absolutely. Define it. And then you're like, stop defining it. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. 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 Because the more you talk, the more you deny it. It, it, it it's just bizarre. But I, in this particular case, I do put a lot of the blame on people who stand behind pulpits. Because many times when they define the Trinity, they do so 
in an incorrect way. And here is what I have discovered. I have heard this happen. I don't even know how many times I've heard this happen. More than I would like to admit. Far a lot. And every single time I'll hear some pastor, it'll be, you know, a pot, quote unquote podcast or their sermons are online. And then I'll email them. Good afternoon. Good morning. Hey, I heard your sermon on Sunday. And at the seven minute mark, you started defining the doctrine of the Trinity. However, you may not realize this. You really gave a definition of what is known as modalism or Sabellianism. And then I would give a little history. Modalism started here, Sabellianism, the name for it, what these doctrines assert. And I'm like, those are, are, are heresies. You did not actually define the Trinity. And then I would lay out, here's how we would actually define the doctrine of the Trinity. So, you know, you, you're, you've got a sermon online where you're claiming to believe in the Trinity, but you're actually teaching a heresy. You may want to consider removing it, or you may want to consider leaving it, and then the following week, you know, correcting it and apologizing. I, have, I, I cannot tell you how many emails I've sent out, and I have never received a reply. I think one was basically, I don't care about those things, just basically blew me off like I was a nobody. Um, but most of that, I think maybe one reply, and literally it was so dismissive. They did not uh, remove the sermon and they did not correct it. So everyone in those churches, all go to churches who their, conf- their, their doctrinal statement says they believe in the Trinity, but they are literally being taught modalism and Sabellianism and nobody realizes it. I, I, I don't understand how that happens. And guess what? It just happened again. I'm holding here in my hands. In fact, this just showed up today. This showed up today. The Sword of the Lord newspaper. The editor is Dr. Shelton Smith. This is the September 2023 issue, right? I haven't had it. I haven't even had a chance to read it yet. Okay. On page what page? On page 12, at the bottom, there's an advertisement. Adver- advertisement. Is that how some people say it? An advertisement. The advertisement is for a podcast. And this podcast is entitled Making a Difference. Now, it airs on the Fundamental Broadcasting Network, right, on, on radio at 11.30 a.m., right? So that's when it comes on day, Monday through Friday at 1130 a.m. called Making a Difference. But you can also download it or subscribe to it on any of your favorite podcasting app. I subscribe to it on all of them. It's called Making a Difference. And I don't know how many episodes back they did a three-part series called Jesus is Everything. Jesus is Everything. Three parts. In part one, of, again, the podcast is Making a Difference uh, with Dr. Shelton Smith. You should go look for it and subscribe to it. It's only like a 15-minute podcast, Monday through Friday. It's kind of what my today's focus is supposed to be, but I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trash and I can't do things the correct way. Okay, but it, it's what I, in my in mind, I envisioned it to be like this, but it's 15 minutes, right? With their intro and their outro, it's probably about 10 minutes of actual teaching. Uh, but, um, and typically he's just taking 
uh, segments from sermons he has preached somewhere else. Um, that's what I, that's what it's been a lot. But it's called Making a Difference. It's, again, a radio broadcast with Dr. Shelton Smith. So they do a, a three-part series on Jesus is Everything. It is in part one that you make it, I don't know, most of the, probably about halfway through it. Now, at the beginning of this, he talks about basically how hard ministry has been. And I do feel bad for him here. And, and this is where, man, I know. And he just talks about, you know, all the, how being, you know, betrayed and stabbed in the back and sped upon and, and just all the things that have happened to him in ministry and how, bad it's really been. Now, he he says he's happy, but you can hear that there's still a lot of scars left from the things that have happened to him in ministry. And I think when you talk to many pastors and ministers who've been in ministry for a long time, there's always, when they start telling stories of the things that's happened to them in ministry, I am always just absolutely astounded and blown away by the things you hear, by the things people do, how, how people will, uh, man, I don't even want to get started. I, I, I have my own feelings about a lot of that. So I, I feel bad about that. But then he basically is like, okay, so how do you hold on? How do you keep going when all of this happens to you? And then he transitions into, well, Jesus is everything and trying to give people, and I guess he's possibly preaching to pastors, trying to give them some kind of encouragement how to go on, which, okay, I applaud that. Now, the problem is somewhere in this, he's going to kind of get, well, basically, I know it's not his primary focus, but here's the problem. Even if it's not your primary focus, you still can't just throw out an ancient heresy and say, are we good? (laughs) Okay. But he, he attempts to give a definition of the Trinity. Now, what's what's scary is if I was to play this definition, right? If I was to play this definition, what would be scary is how many people would be like, what's wrong with that? What's the problem with that? And it would be uh, the problem with that. It's modalism. Okay. But, but you, you, you determine you, you, you. Now, some of you may try to argue that's not accurate. That's not really modalism. I think that's a fair and accurate definition of Trinitarianism. I'm sorry. You're getting much. <laughs> I, I think it's modalism. Uh, but are you ready to hear it? You're, we're not going to review the whole thing, even though it's only 15 minutes, because the first part really gets into all of this other stuff. And if I start talking about that, then this is going to turn into, you know, an hour long. But let's hear this. I've got to queued up. I backed it up a little bit to try to provide context, a little bit of context. And again, you can go listen to it, Making a Difference. Um, I always forget his name, Dr. Shelton Smith, um, and look for the uh, episode entitled Jesus is Everything. I believe it's called Part One. It's only 15 minutes. You're going to hear about two or three minutes right here of the total 15 minutes. And of course, about the first two minutes is intro and the first last two or three is outro. So there's really not a lot of audio you're really going to miss here. But this will give you the basic idea of at least how he perceives the doctrine of the Trinity. I am not saying he's not Trinitarian. I'm saying that he's Trinitarian by by his profession, by what he confesses, but he is not Trinitarian and how he defines it. All right, let's let's see what happens here. And I'm just happy as a pig laying in the sunshine. Amen. Now, you say how how do you survive when it doesn't go right? How do you make it when everything goes crazy? Well, that's what this message is about tonight. And here's here's the here's the point. 
It says Christ is all and in all. Or in my words, I simply say that means Jesus is everything. Now, uh, let, me, let me illustrate it for you this way. Jesus is everything. Think about creation. He's everything in regard to creation. Now, the Bible makes that pretty clear when it says in John 1, 3, that all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. To me, that says, in regard to creation, Jesus is everything. Uh, but I wouldn't even have to read that for in the Bible. I could find that out from reading the very first chapter of the Bible. You say, wait a minute, in the Old Testament, you're talking about Jesus is everything right in the book of Genesis? Yes. You say, where do you get that? I get it from the very first verse of the Bible. And some of you say, wait a minute, that first verse of the Bible, it talks about Jesus? It does. It says, Bereshith bara Elohim Hashemayim Waharetz. Is that what it says in your Bible? Well, it says that in the Hebrew text. That is an exact quotation of the Hebrew text. Bereshith bara Elohim. That word Elohim is the plural word uh, for God. I said a plural word for God. Uh, you say, but wait a minute, we're, we're monotheists. We believe there is one God. I know we believe there's one God, but the one God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And when it says, in beginning, God, better sheath, bara Elohim. In beginning, God made, it says, God, plural. You say, well, then it should say God's. No, it says, it's translated right. It's God because God is one. He is not a, a plural God, but he is, he is one person in three manifestations, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And when it says Elohim, it is talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. One God and three manifestations. Ladies and gentlemen... You have just heard modalism. That is what you have heard. Let me read a little bit about modalism. Modalism is also called Sabellianism. It is the unorthodox belief. Let me go a step further. Modalism, also called Sabellianism, is the heretical belief that God is one person who has revealed himself in three forms or modes. This is in contrast to the Trinitarian doctrine where God is one being eternally existing in three persons. All right? Modalism, according to modalism, during the incarnation, Jesus was simply God acting in one mode or role. And in the Holy, Sp and the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, God was acting in a different mode. Thus, God does not exist as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit at the same time. Rather, he is one person who has merely manifest himself in three modes at various times. Modalism thus denies the basic distinctiveness and coexistence of the three persons of the Trinity. Modalism was condemned by Tertullian, and 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 that's so it goes it goes way back into uh, into church history. All right, and that's around what two sixty two BC or no, BC two sixty two AD. That's a long time ago it was condemned. It's been condemned. Orthodox Christianity would reject modalism. But over and over and over and over, when you hear Christians and pastor after pastor speak about the Trinity, they revert to modalism. I don't know why the modalistic idea is so ingrained in the brains of many Christians. You ask your friends, what is the Trinity? One God who manifests himself in three different ways. No, 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 no. It's one God coexisting three distinct persons who are co-equal and co-eternal. 
Modalism completely is a denial of Trinitarianism. If modalism is true, Trinitarianism is false. If Trinitarianism is true, then modalism is false. They both cannot be right because they're saying completely different things. And the sad part is in my first Baptist church of First Baptist Church of Tuscola, Texas, the first time I started asking questions in regards to the Trinity, I was given modalism as the explanation, yet they claim to be Trinitarian. It was in my Lutheran church where they were like, what in the world is that? <laughs> that, that is not Trinitarianism. That is, and I, I don't know if they told me that was modalism. Now, uh, and, and it's bad. I had someone in my church. There were, they had to do something for an assignment for Dallas Theological Seminary. And so they had to ask pastors, I think, that were writing a paper and I think on the Trinity. And so they had to ask pastors to define the Trinity. Well, many of the churches, they never could even actually speak to the pastors, right? They just, they tried to email them, never could get, had to talk to a secretary. I don't know. I guess the pastors are behind like, I don't know, uh, 18 doors. They, They had a hard time getting past them. Some of them, when they gave the definition, they gave, guess what? It was all, it was so either when it came to the, uh, to the, uh, we'll call them the non-Catholic pastors, what he got, the evangelical pastors, Baptists, etc. either no response or straight up modalism. The one that got it right, the one that got it absolutely correct was a Catholic priest. In fact, he called and the Catholic priest was right there and said, yeah, sure. And, gave, and then basically... <laughs> laughed when he found out that like, wait, nobody knows the definition of the Trinity and thought it was hilarious. And that is, that's not the way it should be, ladies and gentlemen. That's not the way it should be. Modalism is an error. It's a heresy. It's not one God, okay, manifesting himself in three different ways. God exists. One God, three distinct persons, who are co-equal and co-eternal, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Read the Athanasian Creed if you need a little bit of help on this. Do a little bit of work, but please make sure that you have not adopted a modalistic Sabellianism idea of the Trinity and not even realize it. And you should ask people in your church, hey, do you believe in the Trinity? Yes. Define it and see how many give you a modalistic idea. Now, I'm not saying that they aren't Trinitarians. I'm saying that they have no clue how to define the Trinity. And sadly, it may be because it came from the pulpit of the church you attend. And here's what scares me is for some of you, if you try to talk to your pastor about it, I, I, I maybe if you're a member of the church, I just know when I email pastors about it, when they do it, they dismissive. They treat me like I'm a nobody. Like they, they're like, whatever. I don't care. All right. Well, don't care. Now, maybe if someone in their church was like, pastor, I think that's modalism. Now, it would be, it would be interesting if the person, if the pastor would be willing to get behind the pulpit going, guys, I've been teaching on the Trinity for 20 years and I've taught you all wrong for 20 years. I would applaud that. 
but most pastors don't do that. They won't. They won't delete a sermon. They won't, or they, or they won't ever come back and apologize for. One. It, it drives me crazy. I don't. I guess it, it's some perception of weakness. I don't know what it is. But pastors, we got to be willing to swallow our ego and pride. And when we get it wrong, we get it wrong. I get it wrong plenty of times. Plenty of times I've had to say, "I got that wrong. I got that wrong." I, I have to come back sometimes, even on a podcast, and go, "Hey guys, I don't know what in the world I was saying in the last episode, but I completely said that incorrectly." Sometimes you have to do that. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. I understand. It's no fun. But the minute you make it about you, we've lost the plot anyway. So do you believe in the Trinity, a Trinitarian understanding of God? I mean, mean, this is called the Theology Central Podcast. This is about as Theology 101 as you can get. The nature of God. One God. Three distinct persons who are co-equal and co-eternal. You say, I can't understand that. Nobody can correctly understand it. Nobody can fully grasp it. It's beyond our comprehension. And in fact, it really defies logic. Sometimes when we try to explain it, that's what I think that's where the problems become. When we try to explain it, when we try to illustrate it, we almost inevitably slide over into kind of a modalistic or some fraudulent idea. And it's not that we mean to, but we're trying to explain it. I think with the Trinity, it's not so much explaining it. It's just declaring it. The Bible says there is one God, yet it speaks of three, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and all gives divine attributes to all three. All three are seen as being eternal, holy, um, you know, uh, omnipotent, you go on and on and on. The after attributes of God, yet there's one God. So how do we understand it? One God, three distinct persons who are co-equal and co-eternal. And the more, and, and that's why I'm, when people sometimes ask me questions about the Trinity, I'm very, 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 very careful to try to be like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's just go back with some basic facts. There's one God, but the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all given divine attributes, yet there's one God, but three distinct persons, and all three are co-equal and co-eternal. And if if you're not careful, you will slide. I mean, you got to be very, 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 very careful. So all you can really do is try to formulate it. That's where you get the Athanasian Creed, and that's where you get some of these confessions and creeds. And I, we, we've been talking about systems, but in this particular case, what you're trying to do is just pe- trying to figure out, trying to define it in a way that is true to the biblical information that, that you can discover and find. We did this in our study of the Niagara Creed. Um, with the Niagara Creed, when we got to the section on the Trinity, I said, okay, let's, let's, let's lay aside the creedal statement here. And let's just try to look at the Bible and see if we can arrive at a Trinitarian understanding with just the scripture. And we, we, at times we got a little nervous. At times we're like, oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we kept working on it and working on it and working on it until we really, we started thinking that we could piece it together with scripture alone. Now we still felt that you need some kind of a formula to try to explain it, but you got to be very careful in the words that you use or you revert to modalism or Sabellianism. You say, well, that seems so hard and complicated. Theology is never meant to be simple and easy. You're dealing with God. <laughs> okay, He's far above us. Our, our job is to try to go, well, how do we understand this? It, it, it's, just, it's just sad 
sometimes how many Christians get this horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Well, but but they will tell you they believe in the Trinity, and it's like you're. you're that's not, that's not, that's not. And, and, and there, there's times within Christianity this becomes an, a, an issue. Uh, there was, you know, T.D. Jakes, obviously, there was much controversy about how, well, <laughs> his clearly non-Trinitarianism, and then when he tried to clarify it or clean it up a little bit, it's still, to me, classic modalism, um, but, uh, and then many others have tried. There's been some uh, contemporary Christian music artists who uh, are Clearly, their Trinitarianism is called into question. There's been some other issues where it became a big thing, and it was a, it was the it was the topic of conversation. And then I think people just kind of move on and don't really care about the Trinity. They're more worried about other things, right? And the Trinity becomes almost forgotten. And then what happens is slowly but surely, come on, what happens? Slowly but surely then people just revert back or just they just pick up some way of defining it and 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 I and I don't think the average person in the pew who will tell you what they when they to, when they define the trinity I don't think they came up with those definitions themselves they heard it most likely from the pulpit of your church and that should bother you because shouldn't we believe in the true god and if we can't define the true God, that should at least make us a little bit concerned. All right, there you have it. I want you to give you yourself some serious thought. I would like for you to ask those questions. If you have any good questions, or if you have, I would, I would like you to ask those questions. If you have any good conversations in regards to those questions, um, as you ask people, I would love to hear all about them. You can email them to me, news if at yahoo.com. That's news if at yahoo.com. That's news if at yahoo.com. All right. We always appreciate all your support. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. God bless.